Welcome to the Straight Out of Home Video Podcast, part of the Geeky Waffle Network. Hello, everyone, and happy holidays. We are back at it with the Straight Out of Home Video Podcast. This is Vanessa, and with me is Candice. Hello. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. Yes. And so now we are shifting into Disney Channel original movies. And Because Vanessa, we did it. We I did know. it. We went through all we went through the all sequel, of the home videos. All the home videos. We watched them all. We did it. It's overwhelming. I feel like we have to talk just like a second about this we, because so yes, many. We did. There were so many and it was a very it was a much larger undertaking than I originally thought and I'm glad that it's over though because some of those were just atrocious. And yeah, so we decided to pivot over to Something else that's also nostalgic and also on brand, and that's DCOMs, Disney Channel Original Movies, which some of them we grew up with. Some of them we've never heard of because we like grew out of that age. Yes. No, Candace, this one in particular was something I actually had not seen before. Have you seen it? Yes, it came out in 2001. And I remember it vividly because I'm like, it's a Malcolm in the Middle's dad. In this, Brian Cranston, before he did Breaking Bad, which was where everybody started, everybody knew him from Malcolm in the Middle, but Breaking Bad, I think, was maybe more in, in the forefront of people's minds just because they were like, wait a second, this is the Malcolm in the Middle dad. Yeah, that's like Being, his more mainstream and critically acclaimed role, even yes. though I feel like he did great in Malcolm in the Middle. He did, but it's just such a different role. And I feel like people were very surprised at the very, very different role that he took for Breaking Bad. Yeah, But that just goes to show how, what a great actor he is. And again, with this movie, I, I definitely think that he's still a great actor. He was a great actor in this movie. But the movie itself was a little, I don't know. It, it was, was dated. Of, it, was, it was dated, but you also have a lot of the, the things like, like the background music. Which I know is pretty standard of a TV movie. The royalty-free music. Goofball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really not. It's not anything special. It's just like this goofy background music, which makes the whole thing a little goofier in general. Okay, so let's try to like give a short premise. Okay, so Brian Cranston is an uncle, Uncle Nick, which again, surprise, a Christmas story with a character named Nick shocking and twas the night is about a 14 year old boy his name is danny and he idolizes his uncle who's actually a con artist brian Carrington plays a con artist in this disney movie who <laughs> he's a criminal yes which is funny because he's a con artist but they never really go into exactly what he does it seems like he might have done maybe like a pyramid scheme or i i don't i have no clue honestly what he did he basically was just trying to get investors invested in something and then ended up stealing their money which doesn't seem much like a con man it seems more so like just made like, off i don't know he's really bad at it whatever yeah. it is yeah so yeah, the whole premise is Nick gets in trouble with these two guys, which we'll talk about <laughs> later. And he goes running to his brother's house and his his brother and sister-in-law get called away to the hospital because they're doctors and he has to babysit the kids. And then Santa comes and they knock out Santa. Yep. 
So then they have to figure out how to save Christmas, basically, or at least Danny is on the on that level of saving Christmas, whereas Nick is using it as an opportunity to steal, steal. a whole bunch of stuff and get out of his debt with these bad guys. <laughs> I can't really want to. Okay, let's talk about the goons for a second. The two guys that he like swindled. I think it was like goons, a third. Good way of saying yes. <laughs> yeah. So. And one of the goons says, let me slap him. Let me show him some mama kitchen discipline. It's like, what? Oh my god. Yeah, the script in this was interesting, especially with the bad guys. And the choice of these bad guys was also a little interesting because one, they didn't look to me like they particularly had a ton of money. And two, they just were not that scary. I know that they had the other guy with them who was like the muscle, which by the way, I guess they hired him. Or I don't think that they knew him, but uh, but yeah, that that guy and that guy also wasn't that scary, although he was supposed to be. Elliot, who was who's played by Young Yu Kim, who is a former Canadian football offensive offensive <laughs> tackle. <laughs> yes. So he was a footballer, which kind of explains he's six foot four. Footballer, yes. <laughs> Yes, so this the whole hijinks in, uh, ensues, and uh, the background of all of it, it, at the background of all of it, is the fact that, of course, Danny idolizes Nick, and he's on this great adventure with him, and so he's really excited about it. But in in the the, the line of the whole thing, he finds out that Nick is stealing, and so it changes his perce- perception on him. And he's like, "Oh wow! Like everybody was right about you." You're actually not a great person. And then Nick obviously starts feeling bad about it. And so at the heart of it, it's this heartwarming thing where he realizes that he needs to be better for his nephews and niece who look up to him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the whole thing about like Danny, he's on the naughty list, but he doesn't have to stay there. He has an option. Well, like Nick's like permanently on the naughty list. Yeah. Apparently, he, has, he, he can turn the page if he wants to and not go down the same road. Yeah. Yeah. There's like the B plot, which is Santa wakes up and he's like, someone stole my sleigh. And he realized it was Nick and he knows about Nick because he, he's Santa. He has a list. He checks this twice. He knows every boy and girl. Mm-hmm. And so Danny's all that scary stuff. Yeah, all that, that that's fine. <laughs> and so Danny's younger siblings, Peter and Caitlin, help him track down his sleigh. And the idea is like the little girl's like, we gotta go to the computer store because there's this fancy computer that will help me track them, because apparently she's a hacker or something i don't know yeah it seemed like there was a big thing back in the day about about female hackers i feel like that was just like a thing that they really wanted to to promote i don't know what that was but cool great i'm all for it i'm just saying that like it's it was just it seems like to me that was this trope that they were doing yeah oh speaking uh, of tropes yes santa and the kids go to the bad part of town and there's oh, a God. gang there and they're like, get out of your car kind of thing for no apparent reason, except that they're a gang on Christmas Eve and like the most stereotypical gang ever, but like the G version of it. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to fight you, Santa. And Santa goes, coochie, coochie, coo, and tickles the gang member instead of fighting. Yeah. I feel like this is getting like, I feel like this is giving people the wrong idea about how to handle bad situations if you're ever in one and also about stereotyping but (laughs) and then like after like he like tickles him so much they're like you're okay santa yeah 
We're friends now. We'll show you how to get to the computer store. I really wish that it was like that, though. Yeah, it's like, like oh, you, okay. You, yeah, you encounter people that are just there maybe them. not. A, yep, and just tickle <laughs> them, and like you're on you're on good terms. We're good. Yeah. Speaking of the computer store, though, that was one of my biggest things was the was the fact that first of all, this is Christmas Eve, right? Yeah. And whenever their parents leave, it's around like nine p.m. or something like that. Because yeah. I think Danny says something around. Uh, Along the lines of it's 9 p.m., why are we going to bed? Or it's not even 9 p.m., but we're yeah. saying like that's around 9 p.m. Now, I don't know how how long has happened, has how long, how much time has passed elapsed yeah. between that time, that moment, and them going to the computer store, but it's somewhere after 9 p.m. on Christmas Eve. Why is this computer store open, and why was the manager expecting another guy to come help them at night after 9 p.m.? Yeah, I feel like. Even though some stores might stay open late, Christmas Eve, though, I feel like if you haven't done your shopping by, like, 9 p.m. Christmas Eve, you're screwed. Yeah, and, like, how many people are they getting coming into the computer store for that? There was no one there. It's not worth it. There was, like, one person, I think. Yeah, it was not worth having all those employees there, having to pay them, hopefully, double holiday pay. It's just mean. It's just mean. that It's Christmas Eve. Why do you have all these people in there? This is ridiculous. Yeah, that was that was my biggest issue with that. Okay. Aside from the fact that the computer was obviously invented by somebody who has no idea what computers are. Oh, this whole computer <laughs> thing. Yeah, whoever wrote this, like at the time, at least, hopefully they know more now. But like, they did not understand how computers work because there's one scene where Brian Cranston's like, "Oh, you know, this guy—they're tracking me," and you see the people on the video. And they're talking to him and you're like, how does that work? And he's like, I'll just drop this virus. But oh, yeah, like, that, that's yeah. how Santa's sleigh. Yeah. yeah, that's how Santa's sleigh actually gets actually starts mis- misfunctions yeah. because he he usually has obviously the reindeer. It's Santa. Yeah. But everybody's out with the flu, which is also it's reindeer flu. So they're all out with reindeer flu, which coincidentally is also the strain of flu that calls in the parents to the hospital yeah and vanessa honestly i did not need to hear about another pandemic (laughs) like even a fictional one that's true but it was funny in the fact that obviously all these different kinds of flu and they're all different animals and so that's what they were playing off of obviously yeah but i was just like oh my god reindeer flu okay but apparently, because there was no reindeer, now the sleigh is operated on this computer, which I don't know. Did they just figure out how to do that within a week? I have no idea. Maybe it's like <laughs> one of the Santa's elves is like trying to push this idea of everything being like automatic machine. Yeah, He's I'll like, like this elf. is my, t- yeah, this is my <laughs> time to shine. Yeah, I guess Maybe so. Maybe he, he had it wrong already and he was Maybe trying to convince him. <laughs> Maybe he started the flu, Vanessa. Oh, so no. It's like, this is my chance. (laughs) He's like, I will get them to use my invention by any means necessary. Sorry, Rudolph. Your nose is going to be extra red tonight. Oh, good God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like creating this whole backstory for this elf we've never seen. It could could have been. Honestly, that might have made this movie a little bit more interesting. Who knows? But... (laughs) Oh, can I just say, the guy who plays Santa is Jeffrey Mappham, and he was in Death Wish, the face of death which is oh death goodness. wish five he stars in that <laughs> it looks like he has a really bad toupee on but i'm like there's santa 
Oh my god. Yeah, but there was a, it was interesting to see because like I was like looking at a couple of these people. I really should have looked up now that I'm seeing this the parents because they look more familiar now that I'm like looking at them on IMDb than they did in the movie. But I was looking at just other to see if the kids went anywhere. They didn't really. John Josh Zuckerman was Danny. Did have he he actually does have quite a few credits, but it's not he, nothing like really stable except for a couple of things. Like he was in the the new like nine hundred two one two one zero. He was in a couple or some episodes of Desperate Housewives, and he was also Young Evil and Austin Powers Gold Member, which is pretty funny. Also, he's going to be in Christopher Nolan's next movie, Oppenheimer, which is huge. That's true. Yeah, he's still working. He's still well, going, which is good for him. Yeah. The other one's not so much. The I think the younger boy, this is his only movie. He's <laughs> like, I worked with Brian Cranston. I'm done. Yes, I'm I can't How, I've, I've peaked. I've peaked. The seven-year-old is like, I'm done. Exactly. I'm retired, <laughs> which I don't blame him. You have the the girl, Brenda Great, who was Caitlin, and she only has 13 credits, and she stopped doing stuff in 2010, so I'm just wondering what happened there. I feel like a lot of these child actors are like, yeah, this was fun, but I have other interests. And That's true. It's not always for them. Like, the girl who was in, did you ever watch Good Luck Charlie? Like, it's a Disney Channel show. But it's actually like more uh, of a family a show long time comedy. Ago, I think, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bridget Mendel, which we'll watch some decom things with her. Yeah. She was in a few. <laughs> she went to Harvard and she has a PhD. And like, they just have different interests. You know, the girl who, the woman who played Harper on Wizards of Waverly Place is now a yeah. nurse. Yeah. I think it's like, you grow up and your interests change. That's true. It is interesting, though, because coming from somebody who, like, just always wanted to be an actress, I'm like, why would you ever give that up? But <laughs> at the same time, right, growing up with it, I'm sure, would be a little bit different than, like, discovering that's what you want to do later on. Yeah. Speaking of Brenda Great, just to tie this in with our other straight-out-of-home video stuff, she was Turk in Tarzan 2. She played oh, really? young, young Turk. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. So I just wanted to bring that in. But, okay, you remember how, like, Brian Cranston comes in and he's, like, hugging his brother and he's telling his sister-in-law, he's like, you look so young, but you look great, yeah. kind of things like that. It's because she's 30 freaking one. Oh, God. Wait, how did you figure that out? Math? Her, her age? No, no. Oh, you mean the actress is 31? The actress is 31. Oh, okay, yeah. I, th- I thought you meant the character and I was just like, no. oh. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. So if she's 31 and she has a 14-year-old. Okay, so Brian Cranston was 45 and the guy who plays the dad is 42. So I'm saying like, what's happening there, Twas the Night? Like, if that is true, then she must have been very dedicated to have a child and also go through med school. <laughs> Yeah, did he like meet her while she was an intern or something? Like, what's going? On? No, if she like, was, if she has a fourteen-year-old child, yeah. then that's seventeen. High she would that's be seventeen. <laughs> that's oh, not good. God. Maybe she's supposed to be older in the movie. Yeah, she is, but that's just what Hollywood does, especially in the early two thousands and nineties. It's like women over thirty are mothers. Yes. Had to be well, exactly. 40. I mean, that's like the whole thing with like with everything going around now with Rugrats where they have the parents and they're like they're in their 30s and it's just like now I understand why they looked so like haggard. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I just thought that was interesting. Yep. 
Yeah, we're, we're, I'm gonna go with she's older in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that would just be really awkward. I think it was hilarious that even like even though he's like a, he's a con man, he somehow like knows all this stuff about like just general thievery, and that just like made that made no sense to me. Oh, hold on. So for and also we should talk like we should talk about the whole why this is all working. One, so. We learn a lot about how the North Pole and Santa works, which is the reason that he can get around every to everybody in one night is that he can actually stop time to do this. Though it was very unclear to me whether, like, how if the time stopped just for that household or all over. It must be the entire world every single time he does this. But it was just very confusing because I feel like they would cut scenes from one place where they were doing they were doing this heist or whatever. And where everything would be frozen, and then they would go to another scene where things were moving. So that didn't make any sense to me. I feel like they could have edited that better if that was really what they were trying to do. But yeah, again, we don't know like how much time was spent anywhere. Yes, the computer then, store was still open, Vanessa. The computer store was still open. I don't. A timing doesn't has nothing. There's no logical timing in this movie. And then the way that they're that he's stealing all this stuff is that you can actually miniaturize things because usually what happens is. They, is Santa will miniaturize all the presents so they all fit in there and then will make them bigger when they get them to the house. So that's how he's able to steal all these things. That I thought was like, okay, that's an interesting take on this. But I think in general, the best effect was how he could transport. I don't know how that worked and why it was like only used like two or three times in the movie. Yeah, but like he, I think it was it, probably because they tried to do the CGI for it and it was terrible. Yeah, it the particles. Like that, it looked like that cartoon thing from Jurassic Park with the Mr. DNA. It looked like <laughs> that. But yeah, no, it I wasn't think. a cartoon. <laughs> it was just really bad. I'm yeah. like, I would have enjoyed it better if you had done nothing and just like they just appeared there. Yeah, like they, you just like cut the camera, he's out of frame, cut it again. It's like, oh, he disappeared. Exactly. Like I would have much preferred that to whatever the heck they were trying to do with that. Yeah. But it's 2001 and it's- And it's a decon. (laughs) Yeah, can't expect much. We can't expect much, but again, I feel like, again, you just don't do anything then. You, You figure out a different way to tell that, to tell that story. Yeah, and, like, some of the green screen stuff, like, it didn't chroma key, like, as well, like, the Santa hat, because it's so many, like, just fuzzy lines, like, hair. Yeah. Like, so that doesn't chroma key very well, unless you're very specific. Yeah. And it kept moving, so, yeah, that was an issue, too. <laughs> but, like, it's part of the charm of seeing Brian Cranston on a sleigh screaming. Yeah, and just trying to steal a whole bunch of stuff. He's like, oh, look, there's the mansion, like, the only, the one mansion of the entire... Yeah, he was like, he's like, let's do all this stuff. Oh, and he said, his whole arc, he says, like, he tells Danny, he's like, if I was just given this guitar I wanted, this very specific guitar as a child, I would have never been a criminal. Never. (laughs) That's the lesson. That's the lesson of the movie. You have to give people the exact right give your, gift or give else your children they'll be the criminals. exact gift that they want. Otherwise, they will become criminals. That's what I took out of this. Yeah, that's our story. Hey. Vanessa, you got to learn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that's a lot of pressure on parents. That's that's another thing. It's like obviously you have these two brothers and they're insanely different. So I don't know what happened with like their upbringing where one is a successful doctor and one is not. Yeah, is like this is a thief and overall. Well, well, like Brian Cranston, like pretty much says, like, oh yeah, your dad got all the attention and love. It's like, damn, these parents f them up. Yeah, that's true. I didn't forgot about that. Yeah. It always comes down to the parents. Yeah, it's always the parents' fault. The 40-something-year-old couldn't take responsibility. Candace, so since you'd seen this before, did you enjoy it, watching it around this time? Like, did it fill you with a certain kind of nostalgia? I I assume that it, did you, when you watched it before, like, as as a younger person, did you enjoy it then? Yeah, I really liked it. I totally had a crush on the guy who played Danny because he was mm-hmm. like a few years older than me at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's so mature. <laughs> he's a bad boy, but he turns good. You're basically. Yeah, he's, I love how that's the bad boy. I, I wish we could continue to think that. <laughs> <laughs> that's how my little child brain works. Yeah, so definitely had a thing for him. And I was like, Brian Cranston's hilarious. He's the funniest guy in the whole world. He's just going to do comedy for the rest of his life. Can't imagine him doing anything else. <laughs> me so yeah this is the first time i've seen it since at least i was a teen i believe because yeah. i don't know but it's fine it did it's bring fine. me back <laughs> it did make me feel so early 2000s like it made yeah. me feel middle school like late middle school high school yeah. age like it, it reminded me of like that time period in our lives where we're like we're adults, even though we're 13, 14. What do you think that other people felt about this movie? Specifically, Rotten Tomatoes. I So first of all, there's no critic score, but I can tell you I can tell you what, what the critics felt because there was only four reviews. What do you think the critics felt about this? Brian Cranston's great, but it's everything else sucks. A lot really wasn't said about it, but, but what them. was said, it, it seems like there were two that kind of enjoyed it for the most part and just said like, oh, it's cute and but then there's other two that that were like no absolutely not this is not that one of them says if you have children who believe in christmas magic steer them away from twas the night the disney channel's cartoonish santa bashing nod to the holidays oh my god so harsh is that gonna destroy (laughs) a child to watch this yes and then also it's funny because the one that does mention cranston which is one that that actually liked it Mentioned it as if he was the character. It's like Brian Cranston's game plan is to loot up upscale homes on Christmas Eve, and he's Im- impudently fun- funny before learning the obligatory lesson. I'm like, don't you mean the character? But okay, whatever. Then, so there is an audience score. What do you think the audience score is? 65. If you invert that, you'd be close. <laughs> 36? 36. 36. 36. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. I don't know why I say inverted that because like 65 would be. I I know, but you got it. That's why I was like, well, it's actually going to be less than that. But yeah, you got it. I I thought it was like half. Yeah, no, it's, it seems like it was not very popular (laughs) among people. But again, I don't know when they were watching this because it's not like, I don't think, was Rotten Rotten Tomatoes actually? It wasn't out. It wasn't a thing i believe in 2001 and at least it mm-hmm. wasn't like users were submitting right. things so, so right. like yeah, this is probably people who are watching it more so now than it was back then maybe people enjoyed it a little bit more back then but but yeah at least for the, this not so good which again it's it, it's not painful to watch or anything it's just i feel like as a for kids it wouldn't be a bad thing to put on like it 
obviously the lesson comes through in the end, but it's just as an adult, I would see why it would not be such a entertaining film. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all I have on this one. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anything else to say about it. I feel like we covered everything. It's 87 minutes. Yeah, that's, the, that's another thing. It's pretty short. So if you have a kid who's just like wants to watch something Christmassy, I feel like it's not the worst thing to put on. Yeah. Just gives them unrealistic expectations about what who what con people are. <laughs> oh my god. But do you know what we didn't bring up at all, mm. which I feel like we should have? What? Is this is directed by Nicholas Castle, who is known for playing Michael Myers in John Carpenter's horror film Halloween. I oh yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know that because there is not a lot of trivia on this movie, by the way. Yeah. No, I just went to Wikipedia <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I can click on the director's name. Let's see what he's done. And yeah, yeah he Michael Myers in Halloween 2, Halloween Kills, Halloween Ends. Wow. Yep. That's, inter- that's very interesting. I wonder what brought him to this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's Halloween and this is a very different. Yeah. Oh, wrote maybe... the screenplay for Escape from New York. And, and Hook? Hook. Oh, this guy's all over the place. This is so crazy. He directed Dennis the Menace movie. Do you remember from 1993? Yep. Yep. All right. Well, that's some interesting stuff that they don't tell you about. Yeah, that if, should I be. I wonder if he wanted to. I wonder if he just wanted to let this one slide away. It's just so random. Hook. <laughs> Hook. Yeah. That's uh, a Steven Spielberg move. I I now I don't know. Maybe it's good I didn't know that. I feel like I would have been expecting way more <laughs> from yeah. this movie if I knew that. He I don't think he wrote. Let me check. Did he write this? He didn't write this. He had nothing to do with writing it. That's he did fine, the best but... he could. <laughs> <laughs> but he signed up for it. Yeah. Hey, he made some Disney money. Good for him. He worked with Brian Cranston. It's great. Okay, so I think that is all we have for today. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Candace. And we wish you happily ever after until your uncle comes and takes you on a crazy adventure to steal a whole bunch of stuff. After he knocks out Santa. Yes. <laughs> Happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs>